the Gaming Guru Podcast. He's in the best gaming podcast in the world. Boo baby. Podcast. Welcome to the Gaming Guru Podcast. My name is Gareth, and as always, I am joined by Tim. How are you doing, my friend? What's happening, dude? Doing well? Doing yeah, well? yeah, going yeah. going well. It's a it's a cold winter morning here in Cape Town. Um, I hope you guys are keeping warm wherever you are in the world. And um, what have you been up to this week, game wise? Gaming wise, uh, my my gaming sort of like uh, taking a little bit of a backseat because I've got a lot of editing to do this week. Yeah. But uh, in my spare time, in between, I'm, I'm I've been playing a bit of uh, Metro Exodus. Okay. And doing another playthrough of The Witcher Three. Another so, playthrough. What is this? Number four. Fourth. Yeah. Fourth <laughs> playthrough. Nice. I've I've decided I'm going to do like an evil Geralt playthrough and okay. just make all the worst decisions. All the and all just the be a dick. What cha- chaotic evil? Yeah, and hopefully Siri dies in the end. So that's uh, kind of my goal for this one. There I are play- multiple endings, right? Yeah, there are. Yeah. There's there's three endings. Okay. So I've I've gotten all except the the bad ending. The naughty ending. Yeah, the naughty ending. Okay. Never really like fully committed to that route before. So okay. it's hard because I see the decisions that I have to make and I'm like, am I going to be an asshole? I yeah. really don't want to. Fine. Yes, I yeah. will. So. so- so is it like I uh, having not played it in so long? Does it show you your alignment throughout the game, or is it just no? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't really like work fall, that way. Um, was it Fallout used to go like your yeah, karma? Or whatever, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I remember uh, Mass Effect also had like a uh, graph that showed you where you're sitting okay, in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah. your paragon or your yeah. Because um, that's how real life works. You can go like, hmm, how evil have I been in yeah. the past thirty years? <laughs> like, oh, only twenty five percent evil. Need to increase my evilness. Um, yeah, I've been jamming um a lot of dota underlords because we had there was a tournament over the last couple of weeks we've been running in uh which was a lot of fun um and then um the the latest wolfenstein it's also quite an interesting concept i know we chat about it we're like you new new blood young yeah young blood blood. you like paired with someone else uh to play and the whole game's co-op and um i've heard some mixed reviews about that game Look, it's fun. Um, the only thing for me that I've I've struggled with is I always like the progressive storyline of most id shooters, where you go like things get progressively harder That's, as you get closer and closer to the bad guys. We've I think we chatted about it before where yeah. it makes no sense because you'd put all the toughest bad guys on the front line, not like yeah. g- guarding Hitler's grave sort of thing. You would have them like you know where the action is. But um, I've kind of struggled with the like. It's almost hub and spoke type stuff. We like yes. do a mission, and then okay, you can't get further here till you go like back. The Far Cry kind of yeah. open worldy system. Jump around, but it's not open world. It's not open world. It's yeah. level gating. Um, you know, then you'll see a bad guy, and you're like, oh, let's attack him, but he's like way too powerful. And so me and my buddy we were playing, and we're just getting dumpstered. <laughs> and then only afterwards you read going, oh yeah, you're not supposed to be here yet. Um, and then it's, it's, it's a Witcher thing where you, if he's got a skull next to, where you should have had a number, he's way too strong for you. And so when there's a room full of 10 of them, you're in, you're in the wrong neighborhood. So it's like, um, I struggled with that. But otherwise, it's a fun game. Cool. Um, and enjoying that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's jump into some of the news that's um, doing the rounds. Yeah, so a uh, bit, uh, bit of sort of uh, TV comic booky news. Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed with what's been going on with uh, Amazon at the moment. Amazon Prime, they're sort of, what they're investing in shows-wise really looks like they're shaping up to bring a lot of competition to Netflix. They're um, 
recently just uh, been getting rare reviews for The Boys, which is a kind of a, uh, a live action adaptation of Garth Innes's The Boys comic book, which is sort of like this grisly black mirror on superhero culture. Like if superheroes were real, mm-hmm. you know, they'd they'd be corrupt superstars yeah. with marketing teams behind them, with okay. um, with brands and yeah. advertising. And, Instagram followers you know, they, in the trillions. They get and, away uh, with, with, with murder, literally, yeah. you know, and um, the boys are really just about these, uh, a group of sort of disgruntled misfits who've, you know, been fucked over by the soups, you know, one too many times, like throughout the years, and they've banded together mm-hmm. and they're just assassinating them, killing them oh, yeah? in like gruesome, fucked up ways. And, uh, yeah, and it's all the politics in between that. It's really, really fun. It's put together by, um, produced by Seth Rogen and his team, the guys who are behind Preacher, which is another one of Garth Innes' comics that was brought to life, which is finishing up now with its third season this year. I think it airs uh, next month. Um, and that's going to be the final sort of chapter in Preacher. Um, I kind of binge watched the whole of The Boys yeah, season one episodes. It's yeah. so much fun. Um, really kind of over the top very relevant right now in terms of where like the world is sort of at with celebrity culture and america and violence and also just looking at uh superhero culture in general kind of like where we're at now after this big like mcu you know it's just a fresh it's like the kind of superhero story we we need right now it's what i like because i've actually enjoyed the mcu and how they've integrated what superheroes must be like in their kind of everyday mm. uh, I, I don't think they've gotten to the, like the dark side in terms of abuse of their power from a social aspect you know mm. like i mean you know using their influence like celebrities do to like you know get sex or get favors or that sort of stuff mm. you know superheroes i'm sure would do that because they've got that kind of like that power and influence i'm not even talking about the ones who have mind control i'm just talking yeah. about the ones that are like you know people who are out there being star fuckers and wanting to like yeah. sleep with Thor, you know, that sort of yeah. like idea. And so um, what, but what I've enjoyed is like the idea that especially in the latest um, Spider-Man, for example, mm. where there's the idea that like after Tony makes this big, you know, like thing happen in, um, uh, in Endgame, don't want to ruin it too much, <laughs> but the fact that like his yeah. legacy plays out in, you know, culturally, like how, yes. The fact that when the blip is reversed or whatever, these people just arrive, but they, you know, like yeah. they're younger. I can't remember. They're slightly older, or whatever. So like they're far more mature because they've lived. No, they're exactly the same. Everyone else is older. Like yeah, your everyone, younger brother is now older than you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else aged. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So um, those sort of like cultural impacts, you know. Yeah. So the reason why I brought up Amazon is because they've also uh, now um, they're now producing. Uh, you remember that old like sort of nineteen nineties kind of sci-fi cosmic horror event horizon of i think with lauren lawrence fishburne and and uh, sam neill yeah, yeah yeah sam neill brilliant oh, so that. that's being a one, re- of the, one of the few movies that sort of got cosmic horror right because it's yeah. so hard to i mean how do you on the limited format of like screen and within limited time frame of like you know an hour and a half to two and a half hours yeah. land the eternal dread and foreboding of like of, of nothingness and the unknown. I mean, yeah. how, do you, how do you land that? Like, <laughs> it's great. It's very difficult to to portray on screen. Yeah. And that's why I think it just hasn't been done that that well or successfully, you know, for in over a decade. But Event Horizon definitely had its finger on the pulse mm. and it's getting um, a whole series on Amazon. Oh, so they're, 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 Same title. 
same title, Event okay. Horizon, you know, cool. full remake. Um, be great to see what uh, what they can do with their resources. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of the Dead Space series. It was the yeah. first game I ever 100% platinum, whatever. And um, a lot of it was because of the, I suppose, the homage to... Yeah, the similarities um, between yeah, the two. Event Horizon, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, if, any, if anyone... Do... Sorry, on that point about Ooh. the comic book thing, like yes, I yes, actually yes. read today that they've just released the Aliens 3 script that was supposed to be the Aliens 3 script okay, no as ways. a graphic novel. Wow. So it just launched digitally and you can order. Oh, hard. sick. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, I'm and, definitely And so it's supposedly what happened was it was the script that was lined up to be Aliens 3 and then because of whatever pol- politics and that, they ended up going with that garbage, you know, uh, Sigourney Weaver stuck on a prison planet sort of thing that had nothing to do with following. It was almost like... It felt like a B-side, like the kind of thing you'd release as a director's cut going, this is the next thing that should have happened in the trilogy, but, you know, what if instead her ship crash landed on a prison planet with one of the aliens? What would happen next? Like a real kind of like what-if scenario, not the actual canonical trilogy. Yeah, a lot of uh, people who are big fans of, you know, of that, uh, of the alien sort of saga, you know, the the Ridley Scott's Alien Saga kind of generally say that Aliens 3 doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, they, a lot of them do. It's yeah. like, it, especially because the trend that 1 and 2 make, it's like you you can, uh, I mean, it's always this rule that once you have 2, you start spotting the trend and then 3 needs to like almost follow the trend. You go like, it's those, those classical, what's the next number in the sequence? 2, 4, you're like, okay, it's either going to be 6 or 8. No, it's 75. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no way that it's 75. So math genius is going to go, well, actually, if you... But like, there's... and so anything that like curves from that, that expectation mm. is always going to be like, what the hell is going on? Like, you've I built know. this up. Um, sometimes we have good surprises, but that was definitely That's an interesting not one tip, but I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, um, you're the big I, graphic novel guy. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, sure I really like I've read a couple of the Alien comics. They're oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Cool. So if um, anyone out there, uh, you know, bought No Man's Sky back in 2016, like the game has only so gotten... It's been three years now. Yeah, Jeez. the game has only gotten better. You know, you didn't have to buy extra DLC, you didn't have yeah. to put any more money into it. Your original purchase is just growing in value. And um, Hello Games is, released, is releasing their new uh, update, No Man's Sky Beyond, which you can now play the full game from start to finish in VR. Okay. So on top of the multiplayer, yeah. on top of all the base building that they've gotten there they've, they've really like put a lot of work into this game they must have sold a lot of copies that you know they've been they've been going on a i don't know is it is it an in-game currency that you can purchase because no, i know no. there's an in-game currency there's no like, microtransactions there's oh, yeah. no subscriptions and this is the only game that the studio has produced i wonder yeah. if they made it so like enough money in 2016 to sustain themselves and this development up until now yeah i wonder i mean i i Look, they, they got a lot of notoriety, positive yeah. or negative, uh, from the pre-hype to launch and then from the shitstorm that was the launch. I mean, it yeah. really was not the game they promised us. And so you wonder um, if they spun that PR to like stay relevant because then all of a sudden the fixer-upper job becomes a story. It keeps them yeah. in the limelight. Oh, they fixed this and now they've They won an award recently. Yeah, actually. and so, so it keeps them in the story. Whereas if they'd launched the game fully... Would it just have been, oh, this is a good game and, and no story kind of go. I'm not saying they did this on purpose. Like yeah, they totally. purposely land a trash game so that they can stay <laughs> stay on people's kind of top of mind. But it makes you wonder, you know, in an altered reality where they landed the game complete, 
with mm. VR support and multiplayer and third person view and all be that. Spoken about today. Yeah. Would we still Maybe be talking not. about it? Would it have sold as many copies than this kind of prolonged roadmap tactic? You know, because if you look at uh, the latest uh, Fallout, they also had mm. a similarly like janky, disjointed launch, nowhere near what they promised. And now they've landed this roadmap of extra content, but like people are not talking about it, not in a positive light. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because Sean, uh, Sean Murray, um, Hello Games uh, CEO, who really became the face of their sort of PR yeah. campaign and became the face of all this gamer hate, just gave like a keynote speech at like uh, GDC oh, yeah? uh, talking about um, uh, talking about communicating with the press like what was it it was it was basically about like managing pr yeah managing expectations and managing PR. expectations yeah. yes and pr so he's like now kind of branded himself as like an expert on In how the PR to space, the PR, you... like how to fix your game's brand because you know what when no man's sky came out everyone hated it and what did yeah. we do like we went and we fixed, fixed it. it and so now it's it's become part of his brand now yeah. it's a talking point which is quite interesting. Like turning one would, one failures the, into bigger successes. That's, yeah, exactly. That's 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 one way to look at it. But hey, like, I think the game's definitely worth jumping back into now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to do. It's got a very active community with Discord channels oh, and yeah. clans and groups, just like putting a lot of cool stuff together. You is, know, colonizing is, the universe. Is VR a big selling point for you? Because for me, like those sort of games where you have to put a lot of time in to get anywhere, VR becomes a like a, a burden like i yeah. i dig vr when it's a case of going the 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 game itself is short bursty excitement based whatever because mm-hmm. then the vr like adds to that but when you're having to spend let's be honest hours to get through the game and then you have to add on the complexity and the intensity of vr it's just i don't i find it grueling you know for me i think vr in its current state is a tech demo okay like we haven't really unlocked the potential. No, it's a tech demo. It's like, um, you know, you, you, you'll have it at like a tech expos. People can yeah, put it on, yeah. jump in for 10 minutes and, oh, that was crazy. You know, it's like a, it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, you get on, you hop off. It's not, you don't want to spend like seven hours on a roller coaster. Yeah, but that's you what know? interests me when they go Skyrim now in VR. And like, <laughs> it's like, cool. So now you can have Skyrim VR at your next like expo. Which yeah, is cool. but I'm thinking like Skyrim you know, people, is a game I put in like close on 500 hours. Yeah, into, people are like, going to stand and line up and be if you try like Skyrim VR, you're my boot, it's mal. Yeah, you know, like, you can take an arrow in the knee <laughs> in full three dimensions. Yeah, like, and you can look down and like see your knee, my boot. <laughs> you're awesome. So that's where VR sits for me. I think yeah. like the technology still has a ways to go in order for it to be a, like a legitimate like like go to input mm. device. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. gonna play my game, better grab yeah. my VR rather headset. than yeah. I think the issue for me is that like it feels you got two fighting like ideologies in gaming. The one is I want full immersion like VR. I want to have the most like immersive experience so like I'm in the game, mm. but it feels like a much stronger pull towards where games are going. And I feel like the pull is stronger because it's where the numbers are and where the brands are is super social shared experience. Mm. And it is really hard to have a shared experience in VR. Yeah, I mean, is. like how do you experience or even like share or explain that experience that you have in VR? I mean, people can see your screen. That's the best you can do. Other people can play a VR game together. But like yeah. you will not experience what the other person has experienced from a sensorial yeah. point of view when compared to a social game like a Fortnite or yeah. any of these games where like integrate your account into this so all your achievements are posted on PSN and share your you know experience with clips on Twitter. Yeah, VR doesn't yeah. really cut it there. Like I mean my 
my girlfriend, you know, enjoys watching me play games from time to time. She'll yeah. like she'll sit and do her embroidery or whatever while while I'm like going through some quests. Yeah. She like also enjoys The Witcher, so I put it on for entertainment. Like, yeah, she, yeah, watch, yeah. she like enjoys watching it as well. So um, you can't really do that with uh, with a VR headset. Yeah. Because because you I can't can have see your that. screen, yeah. but it's not the same. It's not the same. In fact, half the time it's hard to watch because mm. you think you're keeping quite a steady view of everything, but like you are making the camera like you know. Do you think maybe jump around? Maybe the reason why the technology hasn't caught on so much is because it like isolates a player so much. Same goes for let's say like Google Glass, mm. which kind of like created the screen like in front of yeah, your exactly. eyes. You know, wearing it in public was yeah. kind of weird. You know, same as like... It could have made you know, it look more like normal glasses, first of all. Yeah, like, s- same as like, you know, putting on a headset in the lounge. Like, okay, he's diving down into the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, if you if you walked around town with like a gaming headset, people would be like, cool, don't uh, talk to that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's clearly busy. So yeah. You've got the microphone and I mean, extended in front of your mouth. And like humans, whether we like to think it or not, like we are naturally social animals. Mm. So things that... Um, or at least social beings. So things that sort of isolate us to such a degree is seen as a uh, negative aspect. negative yeah, counter yeah. social antisocial yeah. for instance um you know it's just kind of separating you too much from mm. from people around you yeah you know so that you don't even have the option of responding to the, you know if i've got a vr headset on and headphones someone's gonna be like have to tap me like hey dude yeah so and so then so you're so gonna so freak out because you're like, like what <laughs> resident evil yeah. and like some, jesus you know yeah. it's, it's just a bit have much. some respect bro yeah it's just a bit much so yeah. I don't know. That's where I am with that. Tech demo. Yeah. For now. I mean, that's that's a lot of where motion um, controllers were and now they're mm. fully integrated into our games. What so, else you got here? So a uh, bit of a sad, uh, bit of a sad story. And I don't know if, you know, people have been following the news. Uh, they'll know that over this weekend on Sunday, uh, there were two mass shootings in the United States, uh, one in El Paso, Texas, another one in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Um, the reason why we're bringing this up is because the... The sort of official statements coming out of uh, the politicians at the moment are kind of scapegoating and going back to the hot button topic of um, video games are to blame. Mm. So we need to, I think uh, Trump's um, quote here saying gruesome and grisly video games um, and we have to stop the glorification of violence in our society. So a lot of this rhetoric going around and... um, you know, this is a this is a not a new subject. It's not a new topic. Mm. Uh, people have gone to video games as scapegoats since they were video games. Since they were video games yeah, for the I mean, longest time. You know, uh, uh, going back as far as Columbine. Yeah. You know, what's to blame? Video games and Marilyn Manson. Yeah, you yeah. know, heavy heavy music. I, and, uh, I actually see that meme whenever you say like the hot button thing is just that you know that um, yeah having <laughs> the speed blur as the hand the sense to hit smash that blue that, button. Like, that, um, yeah. And it's and it's exactly that. It's just a case of going. Oh, there's been a thing like gaming is to blame. Like yeah. Um, so we're gonna try and chat about this topic and uh, try and not uh, fall into pitfalls of um, of uh, political sort of rhetoric and discourse. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, we're not we're not here to decide like do you, gun control is the answer. We just want to like let's dive into the idea mm. that like games and particularly like violent yeah. games are calling causing uh these mass shootings or this violent behavior like i think for me the start is going why do you need to blame anything except for the individual you know what i mean like i I get that there's a trend and that's where it's coming from it's like a a shitty person did a shitty thing 
Mm. Why are we blaming anything except the shitty person? Like, yeah. we, we, why do we have to blame what he had for breakfast, what he watches on TV, the media he consumes, the sports teams that he follows? Like, why do we have to blame anything yeah. except him? Because it, it starts getting to the point of like almost lack of accountability. Yeah. Like you can go, well, if, you know, if he survived the killing, because most of them end up either being shot by the police or they shoot themselves. Mm. But if he survived and he, when we in, like... It's almost like a scapegoat. He's yeah. having his own scapegoat. It wasn't me. I didn't make the, the decision games. to kill yeah. people. It was my Kellogg's cornflakes. Like, yeah. they told me to do it. I mean, it's another one of those, like, Hansi Cronier, the devil made me do it. Like, no, you did, you did a shitty thing because yeah. you as a person made a shitty decision. You know, whether you were coerced or, like, possessed or whatever, you pulled the trigger. No one else. Yeah, I mean this. So, so, I mean, this whole thing has led to obviously a backlash from the gaming community, yeah. which I guess now in 2019, it's the largest it's ever been. Yeah, 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 exactly. Large, it's only getting got, bigger. Yeah, it's only getting bigger as more people enter the market with uh, sort of uh, uh, kind of g- games that that kind of broaden the yeah. umbrella. You know, like especially, Fortnite, especially threaten my my hobby. Yeah, and, like, I'm my hobby. React so accordingly, it like, led to two hashtags. Uh, Video games are to blame and then hashtag video games are not to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Basically highlighting the fact that, look, millions of people around the world play video games and don't kill people. Yeah. Like, also <laughs> highlighting how unoriginal most gamers are when it comes to making hashtags. Yeah. I think that um, video games can be, you know, become an easy target yeah. uh, for, for, for these types of arguments because at face value, you can see it as um, practicing violent behavior. Because yeah. you're enacting out or acting out um, a violent yeah. fantasy, but especially when you look at the like the most gratuitous moments, like to spring to mind a game like Postal, yeah. where like you're a postman and you literally, literally go on rampages, and the other one is that scene from I want to say it's Modern Warfare Two, where you're the Russian and remember the, I think the the mission's called Remember No Russian or something like that, where you literally shoot up an airport because you're trying to scapegoat the Russians. Um, or like, I can't remember yeah. the exact logic, but you're yes, trying to create that. basically a black flag or false flag campaign yeah. by, you know, shooting up an airport as a quote unquote terrorist act. Yeah. But you are, you're basically trying to pin the blame on someone else. You know, you're representing the enemies. And so that scene is like literally gratuitous. They're walking around an airport with, you know, assault rifles just mowing down pedestrians, like, like civilians. Yeah, I think another game that has kind of uh, come up and gets gets blamed quite often is uh, GTA, GTA 5 yeah, yeah. yeah also the gratuity the fact that like you can yeah. just do whatever the hell you want and shoot down cops and yeah for and, no purpose other than in my way like I mean I remember like being being young and playing like GTA 3 mm. and going on like a rampage with the katana yeah. in like the shopping mall just to see how many stars I could get yeah. if I can get up to like five yeah. stars you know within like uh, a few minutes yeah and just just blowing up stuff and, yeah like, oh. and, and how many actual katana based violent acts have you been involved in in real life no no not 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 one not one today okay no, so less, less than, than one. one less than one yeah. okay and and mass shootings also no less, also less less, less, than, less than, one. than one yeah okay cool no, i killed a good in- like a good thousand npcs lower the katana okay i mean no one's really so so basically code. the only threat really is that in the future AI uprising that your your actions and deeds will be held against you in some sort of court. Well, yeah. I, I mean, either that or the um, AI NPCs will eventually... Um, Become sentient. Yeah, and like cause a revolt <laughs> and, you know, fight back against the human yeah. oppressors who've been just slash, slaughtering them. But for until then, you've actually decades. done quite a bit of training for our eventual like, yeah. AI overlords. Yeah. Um, 
So if a matrix situation came up, you might actually be well prepared. <laughs> yeah. but, okay. So so other than that, sample of one, two even, because I've also been involved in less yeah. than one uh, mass shootings or katana-based violence. And I've never felt the compulsion to be violent because of games. Um, but I, I can understand how people who don't play games might see that behavior and go, okay, shit, that's like... Um, I mean, have you ever tried to take games away from a kid like yeah. i mean i've got a three-year-old and if he's playing on like an ipad or a phone whatever and it's time for supper and we take the phone away jeez it's like you, it's a mm. three-year-old possessed and yeah. you're going oh it must be the games but his games aren't violent i mean yeah, the most violent thing not. is popping bubbles i mean i know the, the audacity of it really mm. it's like um he's like putting shapes into into other shapes he's building puzzles he's like uh, drawing like they're hardly violent yeah. but like there's certainly violent behavior and i think you'd think from the outside looking in maybe that's where some of the oh whenever i try yeah. to take call of duty away from my kdx he violent. freaks out yeah. um but but then that could also i guess that also correlates to just taking a toy away from a child yeah, like if take, it wasn't call of duty it would be something else yeah taking candy away from like, a baby or like ta- taking pocket money away from a teenager grounding a teenager like, yeah, being like you can't go to that party yeah, blocking their cell phone or like, like Oh yeah, removing the Wi-Fi code, like or you're removing anything. It's deleting more... their like World of Warcraft account. <laughs> Remember that video, <laughs> Scorched Earth. Yeah, oh, but I mean, is that more almost to answer my own question about defiance to authority than anything else? Yeah, and so the it's fit... taking away my nice thing that I like. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was like, I started playing, I guess you would say, violent video games at a very young age. Like I was playing. Um, Diablo 1, I got my hands on a copy when I was like nine. Oh, yeah. So I was quite young. I think it was the games for like 13 and up. Like it's. Yeah, you know, I think it might be higher. It might be 16 even. But yeah, yeah it's the, definitely like. I don't think it's a full M, but it's. I mean, look, I've always like felt R, like. Um, I've always felt like uh, action RPGs. Mm. Like that you, you're really removed from the action because you're looking at this from like a bird's eye view. Yeah. And yeah. same as like a real time strategy, like RTS games, yeah. right? You're commanding units. Yeah. yeah. So you. I mean, you know, how many millions of things have you killed in RTS games? Yeah. But like, you don't feel like it's violent at all because because you literally are physically removed from it yeah. because of the perspective. Yeah. So it's, but for me, you know, I'd I'd sit with you know this like really intense focus mm. for hours, mm. and when my mom took that away from me, yeah. you know, she'd hide it, and then I'd freak out, and she says, "This game makes you mal," and it's like it makes me mal when you take it away, but yeah. also then how do you monitor that team's t- that team's time with it? You yeah. Know? Or in my case, the tween. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really have like very good memories of my behavior, but I didn't get into more fights at school. In fact, like I was actually I, like I was bullied. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't I didn't fight yeah. anyone. I didn't make me more yeah. violent in class, and I just try to keep my head down. You yeah. Know? Um. It didn't make I didn't have more of a propensity for violence, and I think this comes back to, um, to the topic that is really. Uh, had a lot of um, of academic study done in the last uh, couple of decades, going back as far as Columbine, yeah, yeah. when it first became a target. So um, just just one study, for instance, uh, conducted by the West Michigan University, uh, Professor Whitney DeChamp, concluded that playing video games, no matter how graphic, did not predict violent behavior. Study used data from a 2008 Delaware school survey, which included responses from over 6,000 eighth graders. So that's like a... No, it's not a small sample. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a, like they asked 
you know, 12 of their closest friends and their kids. Like it's Yeah, so it's 6,000. It's a good sample size. A uh, study found that nearly half of the female teen population and two-thirds of the male teen population played violent video games in the UK. But they, sorry, their research did not find that any, sorry, that playing those games was associated with teens exhibiting more aggressive behavior than teens who did not play them. Yeah. So you're not more aggressive for playing those video games than other teens who don't play. Yeah, it's not you're, saying you're, you're calmer or you're less likely to get involved in a shooting, but yeah. it's not saying that gaming in yeah. any way is a predictor of... In fact, I can say quite confidently that of the, the children that did sort of torment me when I was at school, yeah. you know, um, ripped on me and were violent towards me on a like daily or weekly yeah. basis... They weren't the type to be playing video games. Yeah, yeah. They didn't play to video be fair, games because I thought it was nerdy. Yeah, we're talking in the 90s there, where yeah. it's just like there was less, um, you know, I suppose access to games in the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, you, you almost wonder, like, was the kind of people that bullied you and were violent towards you, if if they were given the outlet, you know, because yeah. like... A lot of people talk about like the violent outlet that gaming provides is actually therapeutic. Yeah, I you know? believe that. Yeah, I believe that strongly. I mean, I've I've always been a, a proponent to say that like, you know, people will hear my taste in music and go, it's so angry. And you go like, yeah, and sometimes it's just kiff to scream along and like enjoy something heavy. But yeah. it, it like releases a lot of those like... Of the, of the, the of, energy. Of yeah. that energy and those feelings. And, and a lot of people who say, I think, like I love to show this... The, the actual quote but i remember reading an excerpt about a study saying that um that the, the study said that people who listen to metal were inherently calmer yes and and a lot of it is the fact that like it's an outlet it's an outlet for your rage and your angst mm. and your your feelings of you know whatever op- being oppressed in this kind of you know corporate hierarchy that we live in but it's you know and if you don't have that then those feelings are are oppressed and then they they build up and they boil over um, that's, that's, I suppose is, um, you know, why, you know, you meet these metal heads half the time and they like tatted over the face and they've got like, but they're usually quite like, you know, like chilled, you know, oaks, you like super meek. so chilled. Often they were like, almost like, um, timid, you know, yeah. in terms of like, like the, the attitudes towards physicality, like throw them in a mosh pit and there's elbows and, yeah. and kicks everywhere. But like in real life, they actually kind of... So when you spend that much time in your room, like doing like guitar scales, you know. Yeah, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> don't have lots of social don't skills. Have, yeah, exactly. Don't want to break my guitar fingers. <laughs> yeah, so. totally. Um, so the, the one point, sorry to, to jump sorry, in yeah, there, was yeah, like, I think games were an easy target because it was this fringe thing that like, I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, these kids are involved in this violence because, like, Dungeons and Dragons. No, it's because, like, geeky kids who weren't understood by the mainstream did things like Dungeons and Dragons, did things like yeah. play video games. Now it becomes an easy target from another perspective, which is just, like, every kid plays video games. Yeah. So it's like going, wow, violent shootings. Let's look at what kids do. Hmm, kids eat a lot of cereal. That must be it. Cereal. Cereal's the reason. It's like, we blame games because kids play games. Yeah, I mean, at the... What you just said now also um, uh, got me thinking, like in that same vein, those kids who were misunderstood and isolated could be the same kids who would uh, develop the kind of antisocial behavior that could lead to something like a mass shooting. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of left in their own devices, maybe abused, maybe bullied, um, not really integrated properly, um, you know. I remember being at school and I was in like a Slipknot cover band. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> you have a mask. Slipknot cover band. No, but we uh, like started making those masks. Okay. We were like really into it. Um, and I had a drummer 
um, not going to name and shame, but he was like a pretty rough oak. He okay. was younger than me, um, divorced parents, uh, abusive dad, but he he wanted to enact the same type of violence that he heard in the music. Yeah. And he didn't really game, but he did play Manhunter. Do you ever remember yeah, Manhunter? Wow, yeah, yeah, He loved Man that Hunter, game. Yeah. yeah. He fantasized about it. And, you know, I was walking home with him one day, like we were going to his place for practice and he was carrying a stick mm. and we were just walking and talking and we came across like there was a lizard in the road mm. and he slammed his stick through the lizard, killed it and just laughed. Oh, yeah. Like he was... Yeah. A troubled child. Yeah, yeah. He spoke to me once about um, considering, like, you know, killing someone. Like, yeah. talk, like actually talking about, you know, he was thinking about killing someone. Like, he was thinking about killing, like, a homeless person. Oh, yeah. Like, because, no, you know, no one would miss them. Yeah. In inverted commas. So, I mean, like, this is a kid who played, he did play video games. He chose a video mm. game that resonated, um, with his... that resonated with the way that he wanted to enact mm. his violence. He was very rude to people he didn't know. He was rude mm. to me on several occasions. Uh, he got me into so many fights when we were at shows. He'd just start fights with random people. Oh, yeah, and that'd be your he, fault, yeah. He would just, he had a propensity towards violence yeah. and he found an outlet for it. And he also kind of sat in that same sector of uh, misunderstood, isolated mm. kids who didn't have the type of support that they needed yeah. that you might bundle other gamers with. Yeah. But he's, I guess, one in like a thousand. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I suppose that's the unfortunate part. And, you know, just to touch on the access to weaponry sort of thing, it's like one in a thousand, that kid could kill a thousand people. You know, it's like, and it becomes literally, everyone is affected in a thousand because of his his actions. And this this topic now, this uh, conversation actually just like, I only just remembered this now. I wasn't thinking about it earlier. He actually expressed, like, we were in school, like, grade 9, 10. Mm. And he told me that he met some people who were going to sell him a gun. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like a, a, a guy who he used to buy, like, weed from or, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, drugs from. And he's like, he, you know, he just needs, like, 500 bucks. Oh, yeah? Like, <laughs> thinking yeah. about it now, I'm like, I probably should have told an adult. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was, I was like, yeah, man, cool. Yeah, man, cool. Yeah, yeah whatever. Like, like rad, sure, whatever, dude. Sure. Like, like see you at practice. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, as long as you're not spending band money like so yeah true. No, that's that's hectic man and i think um I, I suppose it speaks to one of the points we were going to raise earlier about how um parents still have a job to play not in banning your kids from games because what ends up happening is it turns into contraband and something that will find a way around you and resent you for not mm. allowing them mm. but it's more a case of going like there are age restrictions to these games. And especially like, you know, they always have that tagline, uh, online experience may vary because you play a game like Fortnite and it's not age restricted. I think it's like 13 or whatever because it's like mild uh, cartoon violence or whatever. But like you interact with someone on voice chat and they call you a puss and they, you know, say all this like, they might say violent stuff to you or have adult themes or whatever, or talk about like drinking and smoking and drugs and whatever that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, your your friendly cartoony game turns into quite an adult thing, and like not even talking from like the the serious risks of like um, predatory behavior, like pedophilia, that sort of stuff. I'm just talking from like a, you know, you're a ten year old, and all of a sudden this forty year old person is like telling you all these, you know, things that you shouldn't hear. Is hey, it? little man, exactly. Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come down and get a balloon. They all float. Yeah, but but it's one of those things of going. Um, you know, you chat about like 
being exposed to Diablo early. The amount of yeah. kids that will play GTA when it's like yeah. not appropriate. God, let's not even start the amount of kids like nine and younger who will play Call of Duty. Yes. Despite the fact that it's a violent game. And so I'm not saying you have to adhere to these age restrictions 100%. You know, if a game's 18, I often think that's like, yeah, we have to make it 18 because it's got violence and sex and drugs and all that. But like if a 14-year-old plays it, I think a 14-year-old is mature enough to yeah, understand it. Survive. But it's just, I guess, about the parents like being part of that journey, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So it doesn't become this thing. I think too often parents are using video games as a babysitter. Yes. Like, oh, no, he's in they his are. room playing video games what's the worst can stick happen stick the xbox on exactly like mm. but um th- there's there's a role still for parents to play not in like now going well throwing away every game with a gun in it but because like then you're going to ostracize your kid you think your kid's being bullied before and i was being bullied for the fact that he doesn't play video games like yeah totally so um yeah it's it's weird because i think the gut reaction is just like there will be parents out of this who will find out what ga- games their kids are playing and just outright ban them yeah. And that is not the answer. I mean, like, at, at one point, I think my mom tried to ban Diablo in my house. Yeah. And, you know, well, her house. Yeah. You know, Your she, house, she, would, she would hide the game. Yeah. And I'd go and I'd find it. I would always manage to figure out a way to do what I wanted to mm. do and yeah. play the game that I wanted to play because that was my entertainment. That was your outlet. Yeah. That was my outlet. Yeah. You know? Do you think that um, realism is becoming a factor? I know we, we, we touched on it with, um, yeah. with the VR thing. You know, like, um, let's be honest, there have always been violent games, mm. but it was cartoony, pixelated, 8-bit graphics. Yes. And you're going like, I mean, I've probably been as frustrated playing a game like Pong or Frogger than I have ever been playing Sekiro or like Call of Duty. And it's like, obviously, the immersion factor has like increased because of the graphics. And so as part of that, like, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, like nine-year-olds aren't having to use their imagination to like imagine cartoon violence because it's yeah, there in front of them. Yeah. Like they can see the I, I blood think, and gore. And I think definitely. Like and and I have a good anecdote for this. Like years ago now, um, when the PS3 was still in its heyday, um, I remember going over to a mate's house and playing. I think it was Dead Space Two at the time, um, which looked really good on the PS3. And one of the early scenes in the game had a, a character that you speak to an NPC and he picks up a shard of glass off the floor and like oh, slits yeah, yeah, his own cuts throat, his throat yeah. cuts his throat open and like falls down and I was like fuck I was like floored by this because yeah. I was like I've never seen something someone do that in a video game in front of my face and yeah. it looks so real yeah. I would watch the guy commit suicide yeah. you know and it was it was like a definite moment for me because I like I definitely remember thinking like I've never seen that before in a video game I feel like I need to go to counseling now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I knew. Hey, but I'm not I knew pausing. So. <laughs> I'm not pausing. No. Yeah. So I mean, definitely. Like yeah. as video games, like get you're watching, you That's gonna fuck me up later. Like, yeah. 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 So, I, but I mean, now if I had to see that in a video game, I, I guess I wouldn't like think or look twice. Mm. So you could say that it's a way of the the more re- realism that we introduce into games, the more desensitized and numb. The audience becomes to it mm. you know yeah that's yeah. that's different i think and, and definitely me as a as a gamer and a viewer whether it has to do with my age or just because of the sheer amount of um of graphic content that i've been exposed to yeah i just like oh lol his head exploded you know yeah yeah kind of <laughs> move on it's like your feels bad man and you move on you yeah. know like it's yeah you actually just hear that headshot voice and then like headshot yeah. and then move on like mm. uh yeah it is tough, but I, I certainly think that um, 
the immersive nature of games is making it harder for i mean there's a full-on warning that like you shouldn't let kids younger than 12 i think like use vr yeah because like the immersion is just too real mm. um you know it's different when we were playing um what's it old the game boy uh virtual boy it was a virtual yes, boy yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. and it's like wow i'm driving a triangle attacking <laughs> other triangles wow this is so yeah. cool like you knew you were not really a triangle and that you were not being attacked by the triangles but like shit you're given a 10 year old um you know a vr game and then you know they, they're fully in that game and so if that game is violent you know it can become pretty yeah and it's it's scary. weird because you know i think about let's say um kind of the new generation now and how they're growing up with gaming in a very different way to, mm. I guess, what I did. You know, um, interesting little story. You remember this uh, face app that, that was doing the rounds? Yeah, yeah, everyone making it old. Yeah, making yeah. everyone old in the picture. So, like, as an experiment, you know, I did a couple of uh, face app, you know, old versions of myself and my sisters, and I showed it to my niece, who's now three. Mm. And I'm like, who's that? She's like, that's you. And she laughs. I'm like, who's yeah. that? That's Auntie Claire. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who's that? That's mommy, you know? Um, but... You know, when when I was younger, like let's say uh, like two or three, my dad, my my uncle would like shave his mustache off, and I'd be like, "What the fuck? Yeah, who's, who, this, who's this guy?" Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. Like like uh, like body morphing and dysmorphia used yeah, to freak me out part of... because I di- I didn't know how to yeah. correlate that with reality. Like, how can this be that person? Yeah. And look like that. I mean, I've made so, my kid like ancient i've made my kid a tiger i've made him a girl but it's so like, normal and he like, just gets it he laughs yeah, and like, he goes like, like ha, ha, ha. some stuff freaks him out i will say so like yeah. when you when you make him like a uh something a little bit strange like a, like a dog or you make yeah. whatever like then he's like totally like cross species but like changing his hair color or giving him a beard whatever he laughs it off and it moves on but like you said it's a kid when we were growing up like how many videos are there of like you know, dude shaving off their beard and their kid like freaking out. Like it's a yeah, stranger. Totally. Picking like it's, exactly. And that's where I see like a giant, like a huge difference in sort of the like um, cognitive understanding of uh, what's, what's, real, what's not, real and not real yeah. between like this new generation of, of um, children and like, let's say the way I grew up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. hundred um, percent. I think the other one is from the outside looking in, you know, people who see their kids react poorly or, um, you know, we, we use the example of you take the game away and they act like a drug addict. So clearly mm. the, the game's a drug and therefore bad. But um, what about also the terminology? Because I think mm. often it's used out of out of context. I mean, yes. how often do you say like, you know, oh, yes, like we fucking slaughtered those oaks or bless yeah. that dude's raping everyone. Like, you know, it's, it's just terms thrown around. And I know it's like, there are sensitivities about, like, especially the rape yeah. word, for example. Yes. Um, that needs, you know, you need to appreciate that people hearing it have certain sensitivities towards it, uh, whether they've been victims mm-hmm. of it or not. You like, it's 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 a word that has a lot of power. Um, but I think the terminology, particularly from the outside in, you know, you hear a kid and it's like, oh, dude, they're fucking slaughtering us, whatever. It's like those are violent words. Mm. Oh man, I died again. Oh, I killed him. Yes, you know, it's like yes. those those terminologies. If you're not in the game and understanding the context, like. I mean, I'm imagining, you know, governing body Sue listening in on the conversation and she heard these 10-year-olds saying they're slaughtering each other and killing them. And yeah. it's just like, it's it's violent words. But, but it's I'm, like, it's part of the game. It's contextual. Like, I mean, I could be playing a tennis game and saying, oh man, it's yeah. just killing me. Yeah, I mean, like, I've also heard that same type of language, like, while watching a rugby match. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And you want to say that that's almost more direct correlation of violence because like there's literal physical yeah. exertion of another. Yeah, physical like contact, yeah. you know, one person to and another. And that's not even like the illegal, the biting and the, yeah. and the punching in the rucks and the malls and like we're and literally just talking about the physicality of it. Yeah, and I've had a few uh, run-ins with um, one recently actually with uh, with a guy who was definitely roided up. Yeah. Um, like lots of gymming, lots of supplements leads to high levels of testosterone and makes you like a lot more violent, mm. like way more violent. He kind of just headbutted me in the face. But for, he like, probably more nothing. also plays video games. Probably yeah. also. <laughs> like or he just thinks like video games are like, you know, for losers. Yeah, for fags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your video games are gay, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's, t- it's tough, man, because, um, you know, then you look at a situation like that, like um, that violence that he's portraying, if he yeah. had an outlet like a violent video game. He may not be like pumping as much iron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and getting like so like ready to like give someone a go. What always know? interests me is you're going, so they use these, these examples of raging kids. Yeah. And half the time the games they're playing aren't rage games. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, we've seen so many things of like, um, I saw a dude who hit his girlfriend or whatever, and he was playing Fortnite. Like, I yeah. wouldn't call Fortnite a violent game. Yeah, it's got guns in it, but it's like hardly violent. I mean, when you kill no. someone, they're like... It's very cartoony. Yeah, yeah. they teleport away. and all, It's more about the fact that like, he's obviously going through shit. I mean, it's in that situation, it was kids having kids. I mean, he must have been about 20 and he's already like, he's got this, you know, girlfriend pregnant and now he already has a kid and now they like, it's... Him wanting to escape those responsibilities and being pulled yeah. back into them. I'm not trying to defend his behavior. I'm just no, trying totally, to contextualize totally, it. Yeah. Um, it's got nothing to do with the fact that Fortnite's violent. He could have been playing FIFA and yeah. being having to be called out of his game that he can't pause. He would have reacted violently as well. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to go. Soccer um, is a contact sport. So. Oh, no, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But it's, um, it's the idea that, like, is it all games that are getting the blame? Is it just violent games? Yeah. And... I mean, I just find it interesting now that we're in 2019 and there's like over a decade mm. of well-documented uh, scientific and academic research that points in the other direction, yeah. you know, uh, that just isn't being cited. And it's just all too easy for politicians to default to the scapegoat um, because it has it, it's, it objectively looks like um, like uh reenactment of fantasy murder yeah, yeah. but in no way does clicking a mouse uh, prep you for pulling a trigger of a gun like that it, yeah i mean know, just a physical you know wasd of, yeah, yeah, is yeah. not going to prepare you for like the recoil cool, yeah, of yeah. an automatic weapon yeah like it's it's access to to weapons that becomes a problem particularly in the united states yeah and um uh, a particularly a particular socio-political climate which creates and promotes fear and division. Yeah. That has led to this type of behavior. Well, the classic line that's kind of been thrown around is going, mental health disorders are everywhere, like across the planet. Games are everywhere across the planet. But mass shootings are a uniquely American thing. And yeah. not even like like the continent, like because it's not happening in Mexico or Canada. It's the United States of America. Yeah, the United like, States of America. And... and, and there was a stat that I saw that staggered me. Like in what, 515 days, they've had 521 shootings, something like that. Yeah. They have more the mass shooting is like more than four people, I think. Yeah. yeah. More shootings in like days in a year. But it, you know? it's so crazy. You look at the numbers. It's like, they, I think I saw a list of on Twitter, all the countries that have had a mass shooting and like the amount of mass shootings. And yeah. it's like, 
one, 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 like most of the country zero, then one, 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 one. Then it goes to like Brazil has had two, um, somewhere in Europe has had like four, and then America like five hundred and fifteen. Yeah, it's, it's just like insane. Like yeah. the like the points between like America and the UK on that graph is is further than they are in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like geographically. Yeah. Far, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, um, I, I feel that most people who are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be in the same boat of going yeah. like, oh, pro gamers, actually, if you say gaming calls me violent, then I'm going to prove it to you by saying, fuck you, I'm not violent. Anyway, yeah. Um, I guess why we try and tease out these topics is just go, okay, cool, let, let's hear it out. Let's let's try mm-hmm. and understand where it's coming from. Um, in the same way as when we chatted last week about is gaming bad for you? Like, obviously, yeah. our gut reaction is going to be, uh, no, it's not. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's not bad for you. Um, let me go game and avoid my responsibilities. Um, but I think it's just important that we look at, at you know, is there any kind of truth? It feels like, in, in summary, that it's a gut reaction. Yeah. It's an easy scapegoat. Um, it's, it's going to come up more and more often because more and more people game. You know, yeah. so it's like, it, you might as well go wow this guy managed to cure cancer like do like an amazingly good job what do kids who like this kid that cured cancer do well kids game well it must be gaming caused him to you know find the cure to cancer it's 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 a difference between causation and yeah. and just like uh coincidence all kids game so it's going to be more and more a coincidence that anything that kids do is going to be linked to gaming yeah, and I mean the one the one thing I really like about uh, you know doing this gaming guru podcast, I like to I enjoy interrogating these um, these topics from the perspective of perspective of like an adult gamer. Mm. And so I want to know maybe if there are any any uh, peeps in the comments uh, wherever this is being posted uh, want to tell us your thoughts. Also, if you are a gamer and an adult, how do you feel about let's say your kid playing some of the games yeah. that you play? Um, yeah, that you would, play now. That you yeah. play now. Like, would you be happy with your um, with your seven, eight, nine year old, you know, playing uh, you know Call of Duty Black Ops for mm. like four or five hours at a time? Yeah, and you know, online like, with and, with team chat and yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I'm interested in that. Yeah. So, yeah, so cool. So hit hit us up with your comments. Um, I'll obviously post this on Facebook and Twitter and just like shout out there. Otherwise, you can reach out to us on Twitter at the Gareth Woods or at Tim and a Fish. As always, it's been great chatting. Uh, next week, we're going to tackle the idea of binge gaming. What has been your longest session? How do you make get it through? Do you have any cool stories? Uh, we're going to share some of ours. Um, but please, if you have any cool stories you want to share or tips on how to survive uh, both the, the session itself and the uh, the like obvious hangover that comes afterwards, uh, let us know. Um, as always, it's been great, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. The Gaming Guru Podcast. Easy the best gaming podcast in the world. Guru Baby.